That was October last year. Welcome to the Big League podcast for this week. Round 21 of the Telstra Premiership. Yes, and this is Andrew Voss from Fox League taking a break from my enormous duties there to uh, to come and join Pam and Maria today. And with, well, gee, there's just maybe 50, 55, 60 things to talk about. Do you think we can get through it? Uh, we can never get through any NRL stuff. It just never stops. We can do our best to sum we can it up. Do it. We can do our best to sum it up. Well, it's the we'll sport that. that keeps on giving. There's no question of that from, from drama and controversy and a lot of good stuff too, I mean, that we're, we're talking about. And we are now having the run to the finals. That's what we're doing today. I mean, six rounds to go. Um, you can go the negative and say, well, gee, Bulldogs, Titans, you know, Raiders, Warriors. But talk the positive, the fact that you've got sides that didn't play in the eight last year now look absolutely rock solid playing finals football again. I mean, they're excited out Parramatta way about what's going to happen. So they should be as well. They played so well to kind of end last season um, as well after they had their points stripped. Um, and then looks like they're going to make the finals this year, are they? Oh, or is Penrith going to sneak in? I'm not too sure. So upset about Clint Gutherson. And, um, you know, growing up as a Bulldog supporter, you're not supposed to feel those kinds of things for Parramatta. But um, I really did. He's had such a good year and it's such a shame it has to end this way. Um, I think a big test, they'll have a big test this weekend against the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Now, let's go through, take your pick. I almost feel like I should have come today and, and did a little bit of woodwork and invented a wheel. Pick your story, which you want to go to first. <laughs> I mean, what do we put up on on top? I, I suppose we, we have to talk about Sia Soliola and the five-week um, suspension, the fallout from last week. Uh, where do you sit on this? The send-off rule. Uh, look, I'm I'm going straight out and saying it's stuffed. I think we've got a flawed system, but we have had for a long time, and this was always bound to happen, yeah. and will happen again. It's it's funny because um, I was watching the Maddie John show, I think it was on Monday night, um, and they were showing a lot of um, the most recent hits that have been send-offs mm. in the game, and then looking at them, I'm not quite sure if many of them would have been send-offs this year or even last year. You know. Um, or not that they didn't deserve to be, but mm. just it wouldn't have happened. Um, he obviously should have been sent off. Not saying, um, you know, on the, actually in the cab on the way here, we were talking to the cab driver about this and he Good was... Source. Yeah. Good source. Good source. That, that's he, it. But he's just a regular guy. He was saying, oh, wasn't that horrible and this and that. But that's all he... That was his main... Um, I don't know, sticking point with the NRL, mm. wasn't it? He was just, he was like, oh, all those big hits and it's so ugly and blah, blah, blah. It needs to be stamped out on the field. I don't mm. know why it it wasn't a send-off in the first place. Well, let's yeah. go it's, back it's just baffling. last weekend in isolation, Adam Blair in the Thursday night game got 10 minutes in the sin bin. I mean, we, we, we obviously have something wrong with our system. When you can serve 10 minutes off during a game for what Adam Blair did, which was mm -hmm. basically hold up the game for a nanosecond, <laughs> And yet you can do an act of foul play. The previous week, Josh Papali. I mean, we've outlawed, outlawed shoulder charges. What was in doubt? Yeah. Just put him on report. There is something wrong with the system that you can get 10 minutes off for the for – the, and, and tripping. I mean, you, you don't – you just go on report for tripping. How do we fix that? Can we, can we do it before the end of the season or it is, a, is it a brain trust meeting at the end of the season where we all get together, all the stakeholders, and come up with a new system? I don't know. I think that'd be great. I think people have this um, idea now. A lot of people are like, whoa, you can't have 12 players against 13 players, mm. and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day – just have common sense with someone. But what C.S. Oliola did, and, you know, we get there. Mm. He's a great bloke. He is a great bloke. It doesn't matter because it was awful. It was really just gross to watch. Um, should have been sent off. And 
he would have had a lesser suspension at the end of the day. And in hindsight, the Raiders didn't win, so what, what would have mattered anyway to any of them? See, <laughs> I say that, uh, and maybe I'm totally out of whack, but um, I'm, I'm thinking or believing that Papali the previous week is worse than Soliola, simply because in, in, Soliola's doing a job. Yeah. You know, you, you hit He's the ball player. Yeah. Like, it is actually carrying out a role, as much as some people won't like it. It is actually the intent of the defender to smash the attacker, yeah. is, to hurt, is, is to hit them as hard as possible. That's a premise of rugby league. But with Josh Papali, he went into a tackle to do something that has been outlawed for a couple of years. I mean, it was just a dumb act. And, and to me, there's, there's reckless intent there, whereas there was some modus operandi to what Sia Soliola was trying to do. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think I would have been happier for Papali to be sent off the previous week. I thought that was a yeah. bigger issue. I thought it was interesting as well um, – the the what um, the NRL and the referees were talking about after the game about how it was one person's responsibility to notice that and send him off, not the mm. not the main referee and all that kind of thing. Um, Michael Ennis wrote this week. Um, he thinks the one ref system should come back, and I know this is just goes on and on and on yeah. and on. But someone needed to say, "I saw that, not good." You sent off. Well, let's throw this into the mix. Why can't we use? But people keep saying sin bin. Can't you sin bin for foul, foul play? Hang on. You seem to be in someone for punching. Punching's foul play. It's yeah. the most quintessential example of foul play there is. So why can't at the very least, with an incident such as that, the player serve some time off the field? Could, could that be – it's it's not a fix to the whole solution, but could that be brought in as soon as next weekend? I mean, I don't see why not. It's Obviously, as we've been saying, there's something wrong with the system mm. here. So it needs to be addressed one way or the other. So I don't see why 10 minutes is really it. We should be sending them off for 10 minutes rather than keeping them on the field, yep. full stop. So, And the last one for you, Maria, what about sent-off players replaced? I think I first wrote this 20 years ago. I can remember arguing with the late Peter Frilingos, you know, uh, doyen of rugby league writers many years ago, and he kept saying, well, if you replace sent-off players, you can have a grand final where a team's going to send out a bloke to take out the playmaker in the first minute and then be happy to be sent off and then replaced. Well, the fact of the matter is that you can do that anyway now. You know, you can actually take a player out. It's been proven the last two weeks. Yeah. So would we then settle for a system where the player who does the tackle, Sia Soliola, is sent off but is replaced and they lose an interchange? Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't mind it. But I'm also um, a, a fence-sitter. Pam? <laughs> I think I think no. I think you shouldn't be replaced. No. I think if you go out there and and you do the wrong thing, then you cost your team. And whether if that means that you have to play with sixteen players, so be it. I mean, people get injuries all the time. They're mm. they're down to so many interchanges just off, you know, a, a broken ankle or you know a broken finger or something like that. So I mean, if you go out there and you um, commit some foul play and get sent, then. Yeah. So be it. Well, I think there's a whole lot of ways we can get it, uh, and it's Maria, Pam, and Vossi with you today. I think five minutes in bin. I mean, these are all sorts of things that I think we need to yeah. to have a look at. We've got to make the job of the referee. Obviously, the referee Matt Checkin's the best referee we've got in the game, mm-hmm. and yet he stood there on the field, not a basically he's taking the Maria fence sitting position. He's not able to make a decision on a on a blatant act of foul play. So I think we have a problem when the best in the game can't make a decision. And it's I, obviously too much pressure yeah. to reduce it to 12 for the rest of the game with everything on the line. And that's it. And 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 fans 
like us who go on Twitter and go on message boards and just yes. completely blow up about it yep. are not really helping them make that decision because at the end of the day, someone's going to be unhappy and you just have to decide who it is. But right. even coaches afterwards, like Ricky Stewart yeah. in the press conference afterwards, um, came out and complained about the referees as well. And I think I'm sure Matt Checkin in that moment is thinking, Canberra season is on the line here. Yes. Um, you know, there's just so much external pressure uh. and he's thinking, I don't want to be on the back page tomorrow. Whatever decision I make here is going to go one way or the other. Someone's going to have an opinion about yet, it. Yet the contradiction is that in, and, and the last send off we had was David Chillington, you mm. know, headbutt, the slightest love tap. I mean, yeah. would not have knocked a maggot off a chop, <laughs> but we go, oh no, that's blade. No, that's out. That's, that's straight that's to the sin bin. Yep. Yet we leave a shoulder charge to the head as a gray area, as a, on report, as, as a late tackle, you know. Let's hope that it doesn't come back to bite us. These are big matches now. Every game's vital in the race for the finals. But, hey, when we get to September and, indeed, the first Sunday in October and this then happens again in the first 10 minutes and it's Billy Slater or it's Cooper Cronk or it's Cameron Smith taken out or vice versa, what's going to happen? We've sold nothing here. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Let's move on. Canterbury, Maria, spokesman for Canterbury. Uh, Maria, uh, are you happy? Do you feel as if there was progress made this week? Another board meeting for the Bulldogs. Des Hasler's future comes under scrutiny again. He's already re-signed. What's going to happen next? Um, I think think the issue is... um if people people are saying that Des Hasler could get sacked and they're paying him a million dollars, I think if you are that board member and you have to rock up and tell your fans, I made a million dollar mistake, but it's okay, I'm fixing it. That's a huge issue. And if I if I do that at work, you know, I'm gonna sign one Pam for a million dollars. Nice. She wishes, yeah. And then I'm like, oh no, she's <laughs> terrible. I got a sacker. Hey, pay her hey, out. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I I would get fired immediately. So I I just don't. See it happening and you hear from different journos and you hear from different fans. I know this, I've heard this, I've heard this. Trent Barrett's apparently coming to Canterbury, which would mean two clubs lose their coach and I just don't see it happening. Um, I just don't know. They're just not good to watch. You know, no one, no one who's not a fan is going, oh, I can't wait. Thursday night, Panthers, Bulldogs, God, what a blockbuster. They're horrible to watch. It's painful. Spoken by a Bulldogs <laughs> fan. Pam, what, what, what happens next at the Bulldogs? Um, I'm not quite sure. I think they do need it. They've made this decision now, so they need to stick firm with it, um, whether that means giving him a little bit more support or whether that means telling him, okay, you need to loosen the reins this way or that way. Um, I'm not quite sure, but they've made the decision now, so they really have to stick with it. Um, I know that fans are, are not happy, but it looks like they've, they've obviously got some great recruits coming next year, so... I don't know, maybe next year. Well, the, the worry has to be, and it's another side issue this week that's been discussed, is that we're moving closer towards a salary cap of $9.2 million. Now, if you believe every report, the Bulldogs already committed $10 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they now have to already, in, in some ways, um, 2018 is already poisoned to a point that they're going to have to shed some players. And I think of Bulldogs and I think of the most identifiable players for mine is Josh Reynolds, yep. gone. Sam Cassiano, I can't imagine him in any other jumper other than blue and white. Gone. I bet he'll kill it, don't um, Look, I, I think there's real issues. I, Jack Gibson, you know, super coach that he was in different era, but he only ever stayed at a club for three years and then moved on. And that was even with three straight premierships, he still moved on. I think Des Hasler is a career coach, great coach, record speaks for itself, but it's time. Mm. I mean, the Bulldogs are on the slide they're about to miss the finals. He's taken them to two grand finals. He moved on from Manly having at the time of winning a premiership. And yet here he is hanging on at the Bulldogs. 
as they slide from, you know, limp out of the finals two years ago, limp out of the finals last year, and now not even make the finals. For me, and this is totally out there, Des Hasler's the perfect fit for the Warriors. (laughs) I don't know how that could happen. But I reckon Hasler, fresh start, New Zealand Warriors. Sorry, Steve Kearney, (laughs) I'm pushing you aside. I think that is the sort of club that Hasler could put his teeth into and really make a mark. Uh, And I think his time's up at the Bulldogs. I really do. Yeah, and oh, you're right. It would be great for the Warriors just having someone there who's so into, who's so regimented and yeah. into his KPIs and into his sports science, and that would be a real shake up. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It's kind of you do need a freshen up every now and then. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't foresee Des leaving for the next couple of years. No, that's a lot of money. A million. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's right. In the real world, but who yeah. walks away from that? Yeah. I'm just saying from a yeah. from a football point of view, I think Des' writing's on the wall. You've mm-hmm. done what you can at Bulldogs. Well done. Two grand finals. Two Didn't grand. win, <laughs> but getting the yeah. Sorry, two grand finals. <laughs> now Clint Gutherson just on his on his injury this week, and some are saying, you know, the impact on Parramatta. How big will it be? Th- will we will we judge it on just one game against the Broncos tomorrow night? Um, I think it's going to be huge. I think he's one of the main reasons that they have been able to go on such a um, have such good form this year and kind of get themselves into a position to play finals football. He um, is just a Mister Fix It in there, and then they finally settled him in at fullback, and um, Bevan French moved out to the wing, which he's been doing a great job out there as well. So um, I think it's going I think it's going to be huge for them. Um, Bevan French will probably will do a pretty good job back there. He's obviously their, I think, their long-term fullback. But, um, yeah, I think even just mentally, he gives them so much confidence because mm. he's always sniffing around the ball. He's always can just come up with something. He's, he's the king. He's the king, apparently. King um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think just without him, they're going to lose a little bit of confidence and might be looking um, to each other to come up with a big play and that, that's not necessarily um, what's going to get them a win. Even goal kicking as well. Goal not kicking, that yeah. Clint Gutherson fills me. I don't want Clint kicking for my life, but um, he's still been th- their first choice. And suddenly, I guess that falls in the lap of someone like Mitchell Moses. I, look, I said earlier this year, if you were starting a new club, hypothetically, if the Perth Pirates were coming in, um, Clint Gutherson would be one of the first players I'd sign. Yep. I'd try and sign. I just think footballer head to toe, right age, um, pers- you know, personality, the whole thing. I, I just think he's been tremendous. He's been great. Um, they're very lucky that they actually got Mitch Moses to come across because without him, mm. they'd be in real trouble. Mm. I mean, Corey Norman's fit. I don't know if it'll affect them as much as... Still a good backline, isn't it? it? Josh it is, Hoffman yeah. comes in this week. Yeah. New Zealand International yeah. returns to their backline. Yeah. It's not It's not fatal, is it? Yeah. No, but they, they're just going to have to start... Um, well, they're obviously playing the Broncos. They're going to have to start proving themselves mm. against good sides. Well, it wouldn't anyway. Down the track for Clint, it had come as no surprise that when Parramatta named their Player of the Year, the Ken, the Ken Thornett Medal, mm-hmm. if Clint Gutherson, even though he doesn't play the last six games of the year, wins that medal, he might have been that far in front yep. at Parramatta. That would be no surprise. Um, so, Clint, if you're listening to the Big League podcast today, well done, <laughs> we love you. fabulous season, um, and, and that's it. He's got the respect of all fans. And just finally, in the first segment, Newcastle Knights uh, are they on the right track now? Confirmation of signings this week, Connor Watson on the back of Herman SASA, on the back of Tautau Moga, and, and so it goes. Are they putting together hand-picked talent or are they just signing whoever they can? I th- I would like to believe that they're putting together hand-picked talent. I think that the people that they've signed are quite young. Um, they have not yet reached their potential, um, aside from probably Aiden Guerra, who will be a bit of a more of an experienced head there. Um, yeah, so... 
I think they're on the right track, especially with this new ownership model that hopefully mm. will come into play as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, onwards and upwards, right? Yeah. You, you could get a few bulldogs. I think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there'll be a couple coming off, you know, snooping yeah. around for, I think, I think, yeah, with the way the salary cap's gone. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few more moves um, as the rest of the season pans out and especially towards the end of the year as well. And obviously it all started with Kaylin Ponger as well, who's already already under uh, lock and key and, and, and a huge signing for them. So they've outlaid the money. We wish them well. Pam, how many times have you heard it, the only way is up? There's only next season. Do you I want mean, to punch me in the face? Or? I say it every week. So no, no. If you punch me in the face, you'll only get 10 in the bin. You'll only miss 10 minutes of the program. True, true, or you may true, even true. just get put on report. So maybe just shoulder charge I'm me. not going to punch you in the face. I'm not a All right. Lady. Let us pause for a moment here on the Big League Podcast. Run to the finals, round 21. After this, we're going to talk about all the matches coming up in round 21. Welcome back, wherever you're listening. This is the Big League Podcast Run to the Finals. And yes, it is Andrew Voss from uh, Fox League, stuff you may have missed, uh, joining Pam and Maria today to analyse everything rugby league. We're dissecting, we're carving things up, we're debating, and we've solved absolutely nothing. But in this next little bit, we do have to commit. There can be no sitting on the fence, Maria. We are doing our tips for uh, this weekend's Round 21. So six rounds out from the finals. Uh, Most people believing only nine teams in with a hope of making the playoffs. But mathematically, if, if Albert Einstein was sitting here, he would say, no, 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 these, these teams are a chance. Canberra, Gold Coast, Warriors, Canterbury. But this is the last chance saloon for them. So Bulldogs v Panthers, will the Bulldogs season mathematically still be alive after tonight's game? I think uh, last week when there was still mathematically a chance, uh, that was more important and obviously that uh, did not go well. So I would say no. And um, Is that a tear? Just watering up a little bit. I've just got something in your eye, have you? I'm just going to get on a a bandwagon. I'll figure it out later. Um, But our cover star, Nathan Cleary, he's been playing so well. And um, without Matt Moylan there, it seems like he even plays a little bit better. So we'll see what happens tonight. But you've got to go with Penrith, I think. I think when you start talking about when teams are mathematically a chance to make the finals, they're not going to make the finals. Um, I think it's just um, just to mm. prolong a little bit of hope for poor suffering fans out there and obviously have a little bit of interest in these games. But I think that um, the Panthers will win this. I do think that they're going to sneak into the top eight and we'll see them in the finals. Round 13 this year, Maria, just quietly. Uh, mm. What was that score on? 38 nil, wasn't it? 38-0 uh, to the Panthers oh, over the Bulldogs when I they last played. out somewhere. But oh, corresponding no. game last year, if you remember, Kerrit Holland's debut out oh, at Pepper. Yes was the win after the siren of the Bulldogs. So uh, that could be something the Bulldogs can cling to tonight, some hope. But uh, that's all it is. We're all locking in the Panthers to win. Now, Friday night football, um, doubleheader on Fox League. The first game you'll be able to watch is from across the Tasman, the Warriors versus the Sharks. We've been quoting the, quoting the Sharks away record this season many times. They've won seven of eight away. The Warriors, mathematically, Pam, mm. are still a hope. Mm-hmm. But they haven't won more than two in a row. So how are they going to win six? Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. No Sean Johnson um, and the Sharks. I, th- I feel like the Sharks have dropped off, obviously, in the, in the past few weeks. So they um, will be pretty desperate to get a win, I think, over there. I think they're going to be way too good for the Warriors. The only thing is, um, and I will never, ever tip the Warriors ever again. Right. But... Nice. <laughs> James Maloney is Defense out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> James Maloney is out. Um, Kieran Foran has a great record against the Sharks and they're at home. So if they did win, 
I would not be surprised, but I will go with the Sharks. And if you go to your big league program, have a look at back at when was the last time the Sharks won back to back matches? It is now round 13. It's the beginning of June. It's the first week of June, the last time they won back to back matches. So they have got to prove something on the score of consistency. The second game on Friday night is it is a belter. It is the Eels versus the Broncos. Uh, Eels last won a competition in 1986. They're all but there into the finals this year. Uh, and look, once you make the finals a good month, then you could be premiers. I mean, last year, Cronulla said things like, well, why not us? Well, Parramatta, why not them? Why what's, not what's, them? what's the gap between them becoming an elite side and where they are at the moment? I would say based on maybe the past month of performances, I think they've been good, but they haven't been great. And I would love, I mean, they play the Storm sometime mm. soon or... I can't remember. But playing against the Broncos, I think, will show us all what they're made of. Maria, we're, we're one game at a time this time of the season. Don't look any further <laughs> sorry, than one game one at a time. Um, and, and the Broncos last week, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> Pam? I, I'm going to go an upset here. Cool. I reckon I reckon the Eels um, could post a bit of a victory here. I think they've been, they're a tough footy team. I think they scramble a lot. I think that they um, are often underestimated, I think, um, especially their forward pack. And Nathan Brown has just been killing it, I think, mm. this year. So um, although Broncos have Darius Boyd back, which is a great addition for them as well, um, I I just have a feeling there's just going to be a little bit of a, a shake-up here. All right. So on the casting vote then, I'm going to go Brisbane to win. They have won the last three meetings with the Eels, so make it 2-1 Brisbane, the big league podcast, saying the Broncos to win, uh, but not the end of Parramatta, not by any stretch. Now, Super Saturday this week. Uh, a handful of weeks ago, I called a game out at Cogra, um, and I saw the Knights skip to a 16-point lead, and then three minutes out from halftime, three and a half minutes out from halftime, they decided to take a penalty goal to move 18 in front. And I still can't move past that, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> and, and from there, 28 to 10, they conceded 22 unanswered points in the second half and lost 32 to 28. Pam, have you moved past that? Do you need no, to um, no. penalty goals, you Newcastle just Knights? It right back to... Uh... You know, that, they scored five tries in the space of 16 minutes that day. That may not happen again in 10 years. Yeah. You've got to cash in on those days. Yeah, so we won that first half, so that was great. So, uh, so what's going to happen on Saturday? On uh, who knows? Honestly, who knows? I think that Knights will be leading at halftime and might get um, overrun in the second half. All right. I mean, that's just the tail of the tape this year. So um, I'm the I I love the battler. So for the past maybe three months, I've been like, the Knights are going to win this one. Don't mm. it's going to happen. And again, the Knights could win this one. I'm not going to tip them. No, but, no, um... no, solid, <laughs> solid, real hope for the Novocastrians <laughs> listening right now. Trent Hodkinson has, since he's come back from injury, I think he's been very good. Also, There's Jamie Bira moving to starting Hawkeye. He's been playing off the bench the so past few um, weeks. So the Dragons, good. oh, what about Matt Dufty? Mm. So good they kept exciting. him at fullback, yep. Yeah, very exciting. Nathan Ross, by the way, if you're watching the game on uh, Saturday, I mean, he's got this amazing try-scoring record against the Dragons who he made his debut and scored a try on and now the last game scored a first-half hat-trick. So maybe he's thinking three or four this week. So there you go. Just trying to throw That's out right. some false hope there. Um, I'm tipping the Dragons also. I thought – I think their form's still real. I think they can uh, – I think what we saw in the 30-0 first half last week can be repeated – this week, so lock me in for the Dragons, Rabbitohs, Raiders. Uh, it's 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 tough for supporters of both clubs. Um, Rabbitohs season is now gone in terms of finals footy. Raiders have to cling to that again. Mathematical hope. Uh, what's going to happen here? Remembering that we're now looking at suspended list: uh, Soliola, Papali, Rapana, or Rapana, all suspended for Canberra. Mm-hmm. Rapana is a 
a big loss, I think. He's kind of been one of the only Raiders to really just get that attack going. That attack we saw last year that was so beautiful and, and fluid is kind of just missing. And um, I went with the Rabbitohs. I, I don't think they've been – they're not – they haven't been that bad. And the Raiders just uh, are on warrior level for me, just disappointing, and I feel sad about it. So I'm just going with the Rabbitohs. Do we know if Sam Burgess is is playing on? Well, he got Angus cleared Crichton. of the fracture. He got, he got cleared of the fracture, and, and and Angus is going to battle on with his stress mm-hmm. fracture in the foot. So, yeah, I don't. I think that I think the Raiders will win this one. Yeah, so I'm going to go for the Raiders as well. They have been a disappointment this time last year. They were running fourth on the ladder, and and you know and and went on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year haven't won more than three in a row. So hard to think they're going to win six in a row, even though their draw isn't that tough compared to others like the Cowboys. And it is a disappointment that Jordan Rapana's not playing because I was looking forward to the Johnston Rapana tri-scoring mm. uh, shootout because they're up at the top of the list. Roosters-Cowboys, the final game on Super Saturday, second versus fifth. Let me throw some stats at you, ladies. Uh, and it's so good. They're separated by just two competition points. The Roosters have scored 389 points this year. The Cowboys have scored 379. It's only 10 the difference and conceded. The Roosters have conceded 312. The Cowboys have conceded 311. It's got to be the closest game this weekend, hasn't it? Cowboys-Roosters? I'm really looking forward to it. The only thing I think that will tip it in the Roosters' favour is um, that they're playing at Allianz and the Cowboys don't have a very good record there. But um, they've been really surprising how well they've just sort of carried on without JT. Um, Maybe they're a bandwagon I can get on. Yeah, I think so. That's it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I have gone with the Roosters. They're just... They're just, you know, getting into that top four spot. They want to get that good position and um, they're so good at what they do. I think that the Roosters are going to win this one as well. I think um, Victor Radley, um, their hooker, made his debut last weekend and he was he was pretty great in that. Um, uh, Connor Watson was great at the back and I think that, um, yeah, the away trip will be a bit too much for the Cowboys. Could be a close one though. Victor Radley, good story. Ridgy Didge, Roosters Jr. Clavelli <laughs> Crocodiles Jr. playing first grade. I think it's a great story. I'm actually going to tip the Cowboys. Oh. Um, so the record with Thurston is 11 matches played without Thurston this year. They've won seven and lost four, which is a huge improvement on previous seasons where they were less than 30%. However, the seven wins have been against sides that are all currently outside the eight. The four losses have been against sides inside the eight. So Uh they have something to prove. While they've done well without Thurston, they have to knock over one of the top sides. So it starts on Saturday night for mine. Cowboys to beat the Roosters in one of the games of the round. And then Sunday, uh, a double again on Fox League. The early game is Storm versus Seagulls. The great rivalry continues. It's an embarrassed Manly side this week, having conceded 52 points against a battered Melbourne Storm. What's going to happen? Well, um, just to give you a little insight on the great world of publishing, we had Cameron Smith uh, set up for his 350th cover story this week. Um, Obviously, he went off with that injury and understandably wasn't comfortable doing that story anymore. Um, We have a stats column this week about how poorly the Storm performed without him. Um, So I think he'll be... He'll be the key. But I can't see the Storm losing. They've got that minor premiership insight. Um, and last week, even without Smith and Slater, they still mm. found a way to hold on. So um, I think they'll be too good down there. I am just struggling to get a read on Manly. Obviously, they had a few players out last week, but um, they really struggled against the Dragons. So I am 
it could be rocks or diamonds. They could either come out and they could put on 40 points or they Ooh. could come out and they could put on four. So, um, but I'm going to go Melbourne with this one because that's where the consistency is. I am also going to go for the Storm, but wouldn't be surprised if that one went beyond the 80 minutes. And the final game of the weekend in our Big League podcast preview, our run to the finals, Titans and Tigers. I'm not expecting either of these sides to be playing in the finals. But uh, again, here's another one with mathematical hope, the Titans. <laughs> Uh, the highlight of this game has to be Hain and Tedesco, the two fullbacks. I mean, that's star billing, uh, but what happens? Uh, I I don't know. I think the West Tigers, are due, like they will win maybe one or two before the season ends, and this could be it. Um, but the Titans, with that mathematical possibility, um, and mm. they were right in there with the Penrith last week, um, I think they'll be too good. Yeah, Titans too good. I think they'll take this one. Yeah, I'll take the Titans as well. So clean sweep there. So hopefully we haven't confused you too much with our tips for this weekend, round 21. Just a couple of other issues in this little bracket of our big league podcast. Underrated players, and Michael Ennis has written in his column this week about some of the key men that aren't exactly the headline grabbers at teams. I'm going to throw an underrated player at you in the competition that is so different to the thinking of every other human on this earth. (laughs) I'm going to say the most underrated player in the competition is Darius Boyd. Now, I say this because in origin, the focus was Thurston's out, Thurston's out, Thurston's out. I think Darius Boyd's a superstar. I don't think he's recognised as a superstar. You've only got to look at his record, 260 games, a couple of premierships. His origin record, 28 origins, 17 tries. He's never lost a test match. He's 23 from 23. I don't think Darius Boyd gets an applaudits. And his return to Brisbane this week, you see a far better Brisbane side. I think I think Darius Boyd's underrated. I know he's rated, <laughs> but I don't yeah, think Australia, he's rated as high as what he is. I, I just don't think people, when they talk about the great players currently in our game, yeah. I don't think Boyd makes any, anyone's list. Yet he's as consistent as any of the great players, in my opinion. I completely agree. I do think he's the best fullback in the game and I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves. I think he's just a kind of a victim. I don't know if that's the right word for him, but of coming through with all of these great players at the moment. And I think if he was playing in a different era or maybe in a few years, he would be recognised as one of the best players Is it players because in the game. he wasn't like, he was hard to like because of the personality issues that he yeah. gets bypassed a little bit for the adulation? Maybe. But he's, um, he's great now and he's great with the media, but, um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just a bridge too far. Maybe it's a bit too Well, late. what about others down the scale? As I say, that's a bit left field. No one else was going to put up Darius, no. Darius Boyd as underrated. <laughs> give me give me a, a journeyman who's perhaps underrated, you believe, in the competition. Uh, I've got a couple here that I've written down. I think Ryan James um, and Junior Paul, I've gone for two props because um, I just do not think that they get the recognition that they deserve. But I think both of them um, put in, you know, the 110% every mm. week and they just really do the tough stuff. I think Ryan James can play 80 minutes and he will regularly change churn out, you know, 40, 45 tackles a game. Um, I think he's pretty incredible. And then Junior Paulo as well, he um, can really get Canberra going um, with just some really inspirational runs. And I think that um, he is not given – he's kind of in a team that has – their forward pack is so lauded, but I don't think that he really um, gets the praise that he deserves. Um, mine mine is starting to get some recognition. That's Del Finucan. I think mm. um, ever since he's gone – down to the storm. He was already good at the beginning of his career. He's sort of gone to that next level. And at the storm, they always just talk about 
Yep, yep. Sorry, is that another tear players. coming down the face because he left the <laughs> yeah, Bulldogs, Maria, the no. Dalfa Nukin. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, so was, it must be something in your eye because they're kicking this. No, you're right. You don't know what um, some saline um, drops. I'm right. I um I'm happy for him because he mm. um is a an ex- also an extremely nice human being. So um, and he's gonna get he's gonna get more and more recognised. It's tough that he can't play for New South mm. Wales because there's so many people ahead of him. Mm. But he he'll have his time. I think he's only 25. So well, maybe next week we'll have a segment, nice human beings, and you could then he could. Back, nice back human up. beings. No, I, nice human I have segment. a big list, yeah. I don't yeah. hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It'll be different for an NRL show. Now, one other piece that you want to look at in this week's uh, Big League magazine is the top eight recruitment blunders. This is actually a good little bit of fun and really tests your memory. I mean, you, you talk about your water cooler chat and you could just come up with names and names and names. Uh, top eight recruitment blunders. And it, it goes through a whole lot. Some of it, well, it's, it's harsh. Some people will say harsh, but fair. Um, I, I think, and it's not just about players you've signed, it's players you've let go. And, oh, hang on, Marie, not, do you want to, you want to, <laughs> oh, Jonathan Thurston leaving Belmore. I mean, yeah. <laughs> should more have been done? JT, he sort of could play a bit and has sort of done a little bit since he left. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. He's fine, I guess. Recruitment blunder. Um, but, you know, Braith and Astor and Brent Show, and they're, um, look, mm. at the time, we, mm. none of us realised what would no. happen. Um, and I, I don't know if Jonathan Thurston's career would have reached the heights that it has maybe um, if he had stayed in Sydney. So I think it was probably the best thing for him. Um, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about um, <laughs> Carl Fillinger, which is my favourite one. Yeah, sure. And our friend Matt Logue at the Daily Telegraph uh, found him playing for Cara, I think. Mudgy. Mudgy. Mm. Um, $600,000 a year. Mm. So he played. Call him as a schoolboy when his name minutes. was Carl McNichol. When oh. he first played as a schoolboy, he was Carl McNichol, oh. and then his name changed and made no difference. But uh, yeah, no, but he had these huge wraps on. He was yeah. getting paid as a schoolboy this huge money, and then never quite happened. Ended up being twenty thousand dollars per minute of NRL time. Mm, right. So unfortunate there's, for the Sharks. There's some really great ones in here though as well. I do love this um, the Parramatta um, oh. recruitment hall that they had for the 2011 season that um, went. Absolutely nowhere. And then there's a couple of others as well, uh, which were great. Sam Tompkins as well from the Warriors. Oh, I think that's harsh. It is harsh. It is harsh. I, I mean, Fitness, it's very injury. harsh. Adam Blair is in here as well. Yeah, sure. um, He's recovered very well from that. Yeah. Chris Walker is in there twice. Well, so. I'll give you one to finish on the Big League <laughs> podcast for this segment. Um, and it goes way back to the days of Penrith. They signed a former All Black prop by the name of Kent Lambert. I think Ian Maurice was the club secretary at the time of the Panthers. So really, a rugby union prop has no place in rugby league, I'm, I'm afraid, at any time. Not now, Correct. not then, and certainly not then. And they brought Camp Lambert across, and he did everything in off-season training at the time, and they got to their first trial match. And as the story goes, Kent did his first hit up and you know, run up and sort of waddled his way up, you know, was a stocky sort of bloke, took the tackle, and he hit the ground, and everyone, oh, gee, ran the ball hard, and then he just put the ball on the ground. And they went, oh, sh- hang on, uh, we've got the... Does anyone show him how to play the ball? Oh, my True story. Uh, Kent Lambert, <laughs> recruitment blunders, never cited, but a big money recruit back in the day for the Penrith Panthers. This is the Big League Podcast. Run to the finals with Vossi, Pam and Maria. More in a moment. This is the Big League Podcast for this week. Run to the finals, round 21. We've given tips. We've had m- most underrated players, we've had recruitment blunders, we've covered plenty of ground today, but now our world goes into the uh, into fantasy. And, and I actually live in a fantasy world, but I don't actually play fantasy rugby league, but plenty of people do. 
And the NRL fantasy guru, Chris Kennedy, will join us right now, nrl.com writer. Uh, Chris, welcome to the Big League Podcast, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Pam and Maria are the ones that are the fantasy freaks here. So uh, what sort of advice are you looking for from Chris this week? Right. So I guess what we want to know is what, how should you be um, looking at your team now? Are we, we should be pretty stable, I think, with your 17. Is that right? Well, yeah, really, ideally what you want is um, a pretty reliable starting 17 and then a couple of covering guys, pre- pre- uh, preferably dual position guys, so guys who are available um, as both, a, you know, for example, a winger fullback and also a centre who you can swap back and forth who aren't in your first 17, so a Jared Hayner and Nick Kotrick who you can sub up and down if you do get a, a one-week injury, um, just so that when you start running out of trades, you kind of got someone to, to bring in and you're not stuck with, uh, with only 16 players. Chris, um, I have some issues. Uh, Cameron Smith. <laughs> this does not surprise me. <laughs> Cameron Smith, Sam Burgess, Angus Crichton, all in my team. Um, yep. Keep, buy, sell, what do you reckon? Look, this might actually not be too big of a problem, fingers crossed, hopefully. Um, it sounds like all these guys are going to play. Now, Crichton, as we all know, carrying a stress fracture in the foot, which doesn't really sound ideal. Uh, he's had it for five weeks now, so these things, I assume, get better over time. I'm not sure playing 80 minutes of rugby league on it every week is going to speed up the healing process, but it doesn't seem to be slowing him down too badly. Uh, so as long as he's playing, just keep playing him. He's almost a captain option. He got 84 last week with 11 tackle busts or whatever it was. Uh, Cameron Smith probably the biggest concern. A strained peck is something you don't really want to be messing around with too much, but uh, as we all know, Cameron Smith is an indestructible rugby league playing robot from the future, mm-hmm. and he doesn't tend to miss a lot of games, so I think he's going to be okay. I might be a little bit hesitant to put the captaincy armband on him uh, this week just because he plays late in the round, and we're not sure what's happening with him. Um, Sam Bird just gone a tiny bit off the boil, I guess, in terms of his scores lately. He's had a few, um, you know, missed tackles and errors and, and demerits and a little bit of time off field. Um, he's someone who I would be looking at as a um, just a hold, just keep him in your 17 until uh, until he's either you know injured or, or you know you, you want to upgrade him. But I think he's fine to keep for the moment. What about what about Clint Gutherson? There's oh. obviously a couple of places that you could play him, but what what are the best replacements? Do you think for him? Yeah, this is a, a shattering blow, obviously, for, for the Eels, fantasy coaches, for just fans of rugby league who love watching the, the lemon run around every week. Um, he's been doing great things this year, not just for the Eels, but also for our fantasy teams. Sadly, out for the season, time to sell him. Um, just get the best player you can afford, basically. We've had a few, um, you know, guys like James Tedesco, uh, the the real top shelf keepers, Tom Travojevic, um, you know, Dylan Edwards has exploded on the scene late. Um, if you want a real left field option, I think probably Matt Dufty, who uh, who exploded in his debut last week, you can make a lot of money by selling Gutherson to Dufty, and then just hope that when Ewan Aitken comes back, Dufty's still got a spot in the 17, but it could be three weeks, could be six weeks away, so Dufty might actually have a solid run in front of him. I know this will be a tough question to answer, but I always worry about how many trades I have leaning into the finals. <laughs> um, what, what's a good number? What should you not be below, do you think? Well, first of all, if you're aiming to win your your head-to-head league rather than just get the best overall score, if you're trying to get the best overall score, then you probably burn most of your trades uh, going through the origin, you know, by affected rounds just to try and get a a decent team on the park every week. You're probably going to be almost out. Um, However, if your goal is to win your your head-to-head league grand final, then you really want, I think, at least one trade per week through the finals. So under default settings, I think that's around 22 through to 25. 
so yeah, you just you're going to get injuries. You're going to get players rested, and you know, late in the season, even a one week resting is, is caused to sell someone who's a, a really, you know, expensive player because you, you need your best team in those knockout head-to-head games. So ideally, I mean, in a perfect world, two trades a week, but um, I think one one per week through the finals probably is going to cover you. Chris, wonderful information, the NRL fantasy guru. Thanks for joining us on the Big League podcast. Thank you, Mossy. Chris Kennedy, right there. Just a few uh, round 21 fun facts, if you like. Look, I'm going to throw one out of the mix, and it doesn't apply to this week, but keep in mind, after last week, I called on Fox League uh, Warriors playing in Townsville against the Cowboys, and I had a look at the overall coaching record of Stephen Kearney, and his away record right now, and I'm sure Stephen knows about it. Um, how many wins do you think Stephen Kearney has had as a coach on the road? And you uh, won't need more than one hand. Oh, my goodness. In his career, four. Four away wins. Now, that is not good. No, um, that is not not good. That is <laughs> dreadful. So he's got another three away games to come, um, as much as he'd love to beat the Sharks this week. But I, I reckon it's not just a little monkey on his back right now. He's got just a... What is gorilla. it? A, is, yeah, no, but is it a pack? What is it of gorillas? Oh, I don't know. What's the oh, collective? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, he's got a heap of them. A heap of a those gorillas of on his back. So <laughs> there we go. Some of the other stats this week. Um, Suliasi Vunavalu may be due for a big one against Manly, possibly, uh, with his uh, six tries in two games against the Seagulls. Anthony Don has uh, six wins from six games against the West Tigers. He's underrated. He's underrated. Anthony I Don. wish I thought of Anthony Don. And Dawn. a nice human. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ticks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope Anthony Don has a good game. He's he's one of those players this year that really has um, – he's been so consistent, I think, for the Titans and he has been so underrated, yet he has won them so many games. He's done mm. so many amazing things out on that Yeah, he's got that, that modest wing. touch, hasn't he? He you know, really does. Um, some of those kicks that he puts in from the sideline and things like that, um, pretty pretty amazing. Love to see him play fullback at the club. Anthony Don doesn't get his chance at the Titans. And you touched on Kieran Foran earlier uh, in the podcast that his record against the Sharks is 11 from 12. That's pretty great. In his career. In his career. So there you go. And Paul Green, uh, congratulations to Greeny, his 100th game as an NRL coach uh, this weekend <laughs> against the team that he was once the assistant with great success. So this is the Big League podcast run to the finals. After this, uh, a little bit of mayhem to finish. And this is the Big League podcast. Hello, everyone. Vossi from Fox League. We are on the home run, but if you're joining us on Facebook Live, welcome for the first time. Um, We will have our podcast up and running from 5 o'clock Eastern Standard today where there's been a whole lot of great stuff discussed. I mean, we have just solved the issues of Rugby League, but right now, fearless predictions. Round 21, Big League, run to the finals. I'm going over to Pam, first of all, for something absolutely way out there. I don't know if this is way out there, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I think the Rabbitohs Raiders game is going to go to Golden Point. Adam Reynolds to kick the field goal. Adam Reynolds field goal, Golden Point. Is that the only Golden Point game for the weekend? I think so. Is one enough? Is that fearless enough? Never enough. (laughs) Now the uh, spokesman for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, Maria, what have you got for us this week? And I've, uh, if you're listening to the rest of the podcast, I have hammered them. Greatly, mm. the Bulldogs this week. But they are my fearless prediction. Yes. Um, they have an average of, they've been scoring an average of 14 points per game this season. And I think tonight they're going to score 20 and above. 20 or above. Okay, good luck to the doggies. I've got a couple wow. of golden point games this weekend. I think the Cowboys Roosters can be golden oh. point. I also think Manly and the Seagulls can be golden point. A couple of games that you can catch on uh, Fox League. But my fearless prediction I love a hat trick. Jason Nightingale is on the cusp of history in rugby league. And back in round 16 against the Knights, 
He scored a hat-trick, which brought up his along the way his 100 tries for the career. I think on Saturday, sorry, Pam, Knights fans, okay. it might be in a loss. He might score three in a you losing team know. like Nathan Ross did. I think Jason Nightingale is going to score his second hat-trick against the Knights for the season, and that will be his fourth for the year, which will be the first player in premiership history since the great Larry Corowa in 1978 did it. So that's what I think is going to happen. It'll be a big day down the left side for the Dragons on Saturday at Newcastle. Uh, Maria, Pam, it's been great to join you on the Big League podcast. A reminder to all our viewers and fans and subscribers that uh, the podcast is up and running from 5 o'clock. If you've enjoyed just this little bit, we hope next time you watch it all. And if you've been with us right from the start of the show, which was one of the best ever, uh, thank you for your company today. (laughs) Round 21, it's the greatest sport on earth. Maria, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, covering for our friend Jimmy Smith, who's God knows. Who knows? Shooting Hangover 4 is what I know. (laughs) Thank you very much, yes. This is Vossie signing off. The Big League Podcast for this week. Enjoy your footy this weekend.